We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one. And by Allstate proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. This is the Sunday Sound Bites. My name is Chris Plank, and what a show today. Oklahoma climbs for a 28-7 first quarter hole to rally and beat Texas 55-48. to It was... In an incredible football game. Oklahoma, 662 total yards. Texas had over 500 total yards. Each team threw for over 300 yards. Um, Oklahoma ran for 339 yards. And it was just a, a well-played football game. There were a couple of turnovers. There were only two penalties for Oklahoma. And we had a Let's see, a fox had ran on the field. You had a quarterback change. You had two of the most incredible catches I think we've ever seen in this rivalry. And you had, and I wanted to say this off the top, one of the greatest Sooner representations in the Cotton Bowl ever from the fan base. Y'all were amazing. And if you were there, you know it, you lived it. You're probably not able to talk today, and that's fine. But I put a, a video up from the field of just that section. I think it was right after Oklahoma had taken the lead. And 
there wasn't disrespect. I'm sure there was a couple back and forth right along that line on the 50. I saw a Texas fan that got tossed at one point. But, man, I saw OU fans lined up giving the pride of Oklahoma high five whenever they were running onto the field to start the game. Um, I saw you guys standing on the wall celebrating, being as loud as you possibly can, encouraging. It was great. Um, I'm getting chills just talking about it. So, thank you, Sooner Nation. I, I I, I obviously don't speak for anyone, but at least for myself, there were a lot of times where you just you, you take the AirPods, you take the headphones off, and you just you just enjoy the moment and you immerse yourself in it because you know part of it was the excitement of the game. Part of it, I think, was the fact that you know we were back to full capacity, and I'm pretty sure a, a, a part of it was that a majority of that game was played in the south end zone late, and when you have that kind of excitement that's taking place. Um, the fans were definitely juiced. So, enough of me. Let's get to the players and the coaches. We start with head coach Lincoln Riley, who recaps the 55-48 win. A hell of a fight. It really was. Um, you know, I, I told the team, I just, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the moments in my career that I've been proud of a team. I don't know. There's not, if there's any, there's not many. Um, you know, and just probably our, our attitude reminded me a lot um, of the, the halftime uh, down in Waco a few years ago, uh, where we weren't playing well, but we were we were poised, and I think we all felt like our, our confidence didn't didn't change, and uh, it didn't get rocked by the fact that we didn't play well early. Team made some uh, team we were playing made some plays against us early, and uh, we hung in there. And I think there was a strong belief with our with our squad that if we can right the ship a little bit, and if we'll just we cut out a couple of the simple mistakes we felt like we were making that we could absolutely get back in this thing. And it was such a different game than we've played, obviously, because this was a high possession game, a lot of back and forth, um, and uh, it took everybody to do it. But what an epic comeback. Um, this one's really, really special here. It, it is. It's, you know, I, I, I don't think it'll be the pinnacle of our season. Uh, certainly don't expect it to be, but at the same time, you got to appreciate for what this for what it is, and those of us that have been in this game know, know how hard it is to win it. You know, for both sides always, and so uh, it was a great fight, um, especially when you overcome a start that was probably maybe the worst in all my years of, of coaching. Certainly in, in head coaching, I don't know if we've ever started off that that poorly, and uh, and we had to we had to dig deep. You know, there was a time there we felt like you know what, hey, you know, if you don't make a couple plays, we went, you know, we we said we're going to be aggressive. Went forward on some some fourth downs. Obviously, got some huge stops defensively in the second half. Some unbelievable individual plays, but you know Marvin Mims, Caleb Kelly, really those guys. Kennedy, I mean, some guys really stick out. I thought our, our lines really in the second half uh, really played well, established ourselves both the defensive line and offensive line. And a lot of credit uh, today too to our, our strength staff, our nutrition staff, our training staff because record highs here in Dallas. Yeah, in the intensity of that game, how many snaps there were. And I felt like our guys were at their best in the second half, and there's a lot of people that have contributed to that. So they're all appreciated. That is a tremendous win, and uh, very proud of my team. Okay, we'll go to questions. We'll start with Ryan Averill. Yeah, Lincoln, it seemed like when uh, Caleb Williams came into the game, uh, it didn't throw the ball as much, especially there initially. How important was what Kennedy was able to do, obviously those two touchdowns stand out, but uh, just to be able to, to eat up the kind of the yards that he was able to do and, and obviously those direct snap touchdowns, uh, they're late. 
Yeah, no, he played well. Um, I thought the line was really, really good in the run game. Gave him some clean lanes, and honestly, we'll go back and look at it. I think there were several times that we had shoestring tackles that we felt like we were closer to big, big plays. But, no, that was important regardless of who was playing quarterback. You know, we said it all week. Got to run the ball typically well in this game to win this game. Um, and, uh, you know, we were at our best when we needed it. Kennedy ran well. And, again, a lot of credit goes to our offensive line, tight ends, guys in there really grinding it out in a, in a tough, hard-fought physical game. Okay, let's go to Gary Neiman. Lincoln, I was hoping to get you to reflect on the decision to make the change to Caleb. Was it difficult, and, and what was what was the factor that, that, that made you uh, pull the trigger? Yeah, it was. It was because, I mean, Spencer was seeing some things um, that, that we missed early that weren't on him, and then I thought the, the big thing to me, though, was the turnovers. I mean, I just, you know, we made a, um, just a mental error on the first one and then obviously the fumble, and, I mean, just – just knowing this game, you can't turn the ball over and win this game. I mean, it's it's very, very difficult to do. And so, um, yes, similar to a little bit to the year past, I, I really uh, was expecting to put him back in. Uh, didn't know it would come on maybe the single most important play of the game. Um, but, you know, he handled it like a pro. Um, I thought we got a little bit of a rhythm when Caleb came in. He did some good things. And so, you know, we were scoring, we were moving it, so I stayed with it. And, uh I'll tell you what, I know you guys are going to go write a bunch of stuff, do what you do, that's, that's, that's your job, that's not my job, but um, the trust I had to put Spencer in back in in the most important play of the game, uh, the, the, the guts he had to do to go in there and perform for his team, a guy that was sulking, uh, not, you know, not a team guy, not into it, not still wanting to win no matter what happened for him personally, um, that's him, and that's why he was ready to go execute the most important play of the game. So I'm proud of both of those guys for how they responded to the start. We needed them both to win it, and uh, just uh, so we'll play better there as we go on with both of them. But proud of how they how they both handled it. Jesse Crittenden. All right, let's go to John Hoover. Yeah, Lincoln, I wanted to follow up with you about uh, the, Caleb. It looked like my presumption was was that you were going to put Spencer back in at some point. But when Caleb takes the first play, 66 yards for a touchdown, and then starts playing like he did, and then you start to see the defense kind of pick up their tempo and their intensity, was it just too hard at that point to, to give the ball back to Spencer? It wouldn't have been hard to give it back to Spencer. I just I felt like we got in a rhythm. And really, the 66-yard touchdown didn't have – much to do with it. I mean, that's a play we were going to put Caleb in for no matter what. Um, so, I mean, that's a play that we feel like he can make, and he obviously did it. And you know, when teams load up on you, short yardage, you, you pop one out, you can you can go. And uh, he did a great job. It was a tremendous play, but that that wasn't a factor in keeping him in. I just thought when he came in, he, he managed it pretty well. I, you know, he missed some really easy things that we got to get better at. I mean, really both of them, which obviously, you know, both guys, that points to me. Uh, we got to both, they got to both play better, um, but they will. But again, I'm proud of their, you know, execution can get better. Yep, I'm proud of their insides. I'm proud of their, you know, their guts, their commitment to this team, despite whatever people are going to write on the outside, man. Those are two dudes who just wanted to win and they wanted to win till the final whistle and we needed them both to do it. Am I oversimplifying that he sparked the defense a little bit? Yes. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Good word on. Lincoln, uh, you're defensively, can you talk about kind of just what those guys did to kind of get it under control? I know Nick had, you know, was, was pressing the quarterback. Oh. Perion had some tackles for loss. I know 
Isaiah was playing inside a little bit, but was that kind of what gave you the spark, those guys inside? Yeah, you know, we, we I think we were able to turn those guys loose a little bit more uh, just because we controlled the run game. You know, it felt like I hadn't seen the final stats. I don't have them in front of me, but it felt like just the controlled the run game and there was just a lot less room there in the second half. So, and I think that's important. I mean, when you got a, the, the back that, that they have, you know, like we said all week, you, you can't let him get going, you know, and then so much of their play action feeds off of that. So it allowed us to, to turn it loose. I thought we just, we just played more in control. Um, still gave up a few too many down the field that we, we you know, we know that we can't give up. Um, so we're going to continue to improve. But yeah, we played, we played 11 man football and our front was, was really good in the second half. Uh, guys tackled better in the second half. I mean, it was, again, nothing magic. We just, we played better football all the way around. And again, I think a lot of it goes back to, you know, this team really starting to really believe kind of what we talked about even after the Tulane game. Like we, we don't want to be circumstantial and, and we don't want to – the ups and the downs and all the stuff on the outside, it can't affect us. We just have to keep playing and keep – it's just keep playing on Saturdays and then keep improving during the week and then just repeat, 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 repeat. If we do that, we're going to get better. We are getting better. And I think – you know, I told them after the game, I – you know, it could have been walking in there and, you know, say Texas makes a play at the end and they win that game. Um, obviously, it wouldn't have felt like it does right now, but the fight – to come back, it, people haven't been in that arena. Don't feel don't. It's it's hard to explain it because that arena, as much as any in our sport, man. There's there's no hiding. Like there's no. If it doesn't go well, you just poke in another corner and nobody sees it. I mean, like you're out there and you got two choices. And uh, our team made its choice before the game got started. Stayed with it, and that's why we won it. By the way, for context, Texas had 27 yards rushing in the second half. Yeah, yeah, it felt like it. Thank you. Thanks, Lincoln. You're welcome. Uh, Coach, did you consider at all going with Spencer Rattler on the final drive of the game, given what he did against West Virginia? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, I I considered it a lot. I mean, there was I, I was at halftime, you know, talking to those guys, all that. I, I felt really confident, like in either one. And so, I mean, like even the decision to put Spencer in for the two point play, like it wasn't a hard decision, like. You know, I thought Caleb's came in and, and played well. I thought Spencer was still razor locked in. Again, kind of, he's pretty unflappable, man. And so, uh, you know, I I was just going to kind of feel it out as we went. And honestly, I was just going to go with my feel on it. I, I It wasn't going to be a, well, do I have confidence in this guy or do I have confidence in that guy? I had confidence in both guys. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have played Caleb, Caleb a bunch like I did, and I wouldn't have put Spencer in on the single most important play of the game. So... Um, high confidence with how they both handled it. Felt like they were both ready to play. And like I said, we just got on a run, and I decided to stay with Caleb. Kevin Sherrington. Uh, Coach, you, you feel like um, you, you've talked about how the guys, both guys made uh, uh, contributions at quarterback today. So are you ready to say who the starting quarterback <laughs> will be against TCU? I, I'm surprised that it took 10 questions to get that. Uh, no, I'm not ready. Sorry. James Hill. You know, Lincoln, uh, you and I talked about special teams uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, you know, here they try to return, and Caleb Kelly comes up yeah. with a huge play in yes. this game, man. Yes. Talk about that, because here's Caleb. You know, Caleb does that every once in a while. He comes up with a huge play in the game that helps you win a game. The guy's a baller, man. The guy's a gamer. I mean, he's just a guy that I don't care what side of the ball it is. When he's out there, man, you feel better. Hey, just because you know. 
you're going to get a smart, tough, physical player that's going to give you everything he has on every snap. And uh, what a huge play that was, man, an unbelievable play. I mean, it was really, really special by him. And I know here in his his last one with all he's been through, you know, see him make that play for the team, it was, uh, man, it was I would have obviously been happy with it, with seeing anybody make it, but see Caleb do that, and no surprise, it was extra special. What happened on your punt lock, Lincoln? I need to see it again, but to clarify, it looks like I I, I think we might have had some alignment errors, um, um, and then gave up penetration in an area that that we can't. So, but I it's a little tough to see from my vantage point. I've got an idea, but I'd like to look at it first. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Drum. Hey Lincoln, uh, I noticed uh, you guys fair cat caught quite a bit on the uh, kickoffs, and obviously, jump piggybacking off of what James said, you, that, that could happen. Obviously, so there's always the the good that comes with the bad there. But uh, is there a strategy behind that? Because there was a couple of times it looked like you know where fair caught him near the twenty that he could have maybe gained ten or fifteen yards past you know the the, the twenty five yard line mm-hmm. that you're gonna get set at. Yeah, no, there's definitely a strategy. Uh... You know, I, you guys may argue whether it's well thought out or not, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna delve into it. Um, but yeah, there was certainly the guys. I'll say this: the guys, the guys did what we told them to do. The guys made the right decisions on it. Um, the kickoff return game has changed a lot as the rules in our game have changed, um, and it's you know we're constantly evaluating the risk reward versus going and returning one and the value of touchbacks. And so it's you know a constant conversation even throughout the game. Um, you know, and then you know, every now and then, you know, you call for a fair catch, and and guy gets under ball, and you wish you would have returned it. That's a little bit the nature of the game. But the guys did what we yeah. told them to, and uh, did a good job with it. Well, and also your linebackers, you guys, Grinch has you know been he's been up and down on them as well. But they seem like they had one of their better games overall. Would you agree with it that? It felt no, I definitely felt like it. Um, just especially with the challenge that Texas is. I mean, they, they they do a great job offensively moving guys around, throw a lot of different things at you. Not to mention you got to tackle, you know, a tremendous tailback, um, defend all their things. So yeah, I thought we, I thought we were better there. It felt like it felt like we tackled better, just had more of a presence and more of an impact on the football game. Thanks, Lincoln. You're welcome. Chris Benini. Yeah, Lincoln. Um, what did you make of the environment? Obviously, last year's <laughs> game was not a full crowd. Yeah. Uh, you know, your your fans especially really into it. What you what you make of the environment this oh, year? Oh man. Epic. I mean, epic. I mean that that second half run, the energy in that stadium. It's one of the best things in our sport, man. Our, our crowd. I give our, our crowd was great, man. I appreciate our crowd. They they stayed into it even as we started to make the run. Um, and uh, you know, I think we really kind of both fed off each other, us off the crowd, crowd off of us, and that's why it's the best rivalry in college football. It's the best setting. I mean, it was it was. It was awesome, man. I mean, it was as good as I've ever seen. Time for a few more. Let's go to Barry Trammell. Yeah, Lincoln. Um, when when Caleb came into the game, right? You said he was ready. He certainly looked ready. Did you have to scale back any of your offense? Is there anything you can't do when he comes into the game today? And it looked like on the line of scrimmage a couple of times, play clock got late. Is that just a case of him, his uncertainty? And how do you feel like he, he handled 
all those elements of the game. They did a pretty good job, you know. I mean, when you're when you're the backup quarterback, I mean, naturally you're not going to get as many reps. Um, with him being young, I've tried to you know get enough that we feel comfortable with him. You know, are there a handful of things in a game like today that when he's in, I wouldn't call Maybe a couple? But I mean, it's not it's not game changing. You know, if you, I mean, you're talking maybe less than 5%. So, um, you know, no, I felt like I could call a lot of the offense with him. And again, he, he did good. He saw some things very well, made some plays. Uh, he did a really good job outside the pocket. He also missed a couple of really, really easy things that, that, you know, all of us, regardless who's playing quarterback, all of us got to do better that I got to coach better. So, uh, um, but no, he, I think he was ready. He handled it well. And, and no, I didn't feel, you know, very hamstrung by, by, by the second guy being in. Uh, field question, Lincoln, at the EEL field. Um, the swings in this game, I'm, I'm trying to get a uh, put in perspective. I have no idea how to do it watching. How do you do it going through it on the sideline? I mean, I, I know it's I know it's like this every year, but this seemed to be on a whole other level, just the, the back and forth this way. You know, I just think you just – it's just – if you're a true competitor, like, you love it. Like, I mean, the – yeah, the, the good momentum swings when crowds going crazy and things are going great. Yeah, of course they feel good. We're human, but like, like the true competitors love when you're down at half. Like you love when things don't start right. Like you, you just, you love the competition. And again, I think it's, I think if you get too caught up in these momentum swings, you're too worried about the outcome as opposed to just play the game, man. Like just, just play the game. Just compete. Just coach the game. Don't worry about where it's at right now. Just, just kind of keep going. And so that's, you know, been our push. I think that's been a hallmark of this program way, way before I was here. Um, you know, just to be an elite competitor, coaches and players. And if you do it, then there's not going to be a moment that you walk into or anything that happens on a field, good or bad, that's going to change your approach. And so that's, uh, I think you saw a team do that. I think you saw our coaching staff do that today. And uh, that's why we were able to hang in there and, and flip it and, and go win it. Let's try Jesse again. Hey, Lincoln, I just wanted to ask about that last uh, Kennedy Brooks touchdown to, to win the game. What, what was kind of going on on the sidelines before that? You guys were kind of in a weird part of the field. Was the plan to maybe, you know, try to get his spot for a for a field goal? Were you surprised he was able to score on that play? What, you know, what kind of went through that that last play? Well, most plays we designed to score, they just don't all turn out that way. So uh, uh, it was great. I mean, again, you know, yeah, we were obviously going to run the football you know, trying to gain something. I mean, we were already in field goal position with Gabe, but with 10, the, the move from seven to 10 seconds was big. And it was, it was right, but it was big because now guys can be a little bit more aggressive and go and really go to make a play. And I mean, we just blocked it beautifully. Um, Kennedy hit it. And yeah, it was, that was a lot of, reminded me so much of, uh, it was different because it wasn't blocked up as well. Another one was more just an individual great run. But Rodney Anderson a few years ago at Kansas State, very similar deal, and popped it and scored and won the game. So uh, that was awesome. It was just a lead execution at a critical time. Appreciate it, Lincoln. Thank you. Chris Summer. Hey, Lincoln, what was your uh, vantage point of Marvin's toe tap in the right end zone? And uh, how did that swing the momentum for the game in your mind? Uh, you know, it was on the other side of the field, so I mean, live, I really had zero vantage point of it, and I could see the replay just like everybody else did. Um, you know, felt pretty confident that, that he was in at that point, kind of through the pylon, it looked like, it looked like Hill maybe was down first. It was a little difficult to tell down there, but our, our guys up top were, were pretty certain of it, and that yeah, would have, gosh darn, what a, what a play. I mean, we threw a couple up, and my man went and got him. He was, he was very special today. Okay, uh, very last two, Barry Trammell. 
thinking the last few years in this game, even when you won, you sort of had to hang on. Um, And played well in the fourth quarter. Kyler and 18 still lost at the end. How satisfying is it to sort of dominate a fourth quarter that you had to dominate and come through at the end? Um, you know me, Barry. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna compare it because I just think that takes away from other teams, other games. Uh, but just uh, for this team, that was big because, like you said, there was no no other choice. I mean, you either either dominate the second half or you don't win the football game. And uh, so, no, it was big. I mean, it's been something we've talked a lot about throughout the offseason, you know, is just us being a team that, that finishes well, that finishes well and plays some of our best ball at the end. And we're, we're, we're still working through the other stuff um, as far as those, those other quarters, but we've, we've been a, a group that has finished well. And, uh, and, you know, you keep doing that, you keep winning. Um, we keep improving in between the weeks. Uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. And John Hoover. Lincoln, I wonder if you could address uh, a couple of the guys that you got back this week, especially Danny Stutzman, the way he played in that game. Seemed to be a huge addition to the defense. He was. Uh, it looked like he got in there. And, again, you always look for kind of like a guy's first game, you know, a guy's first Red River game, you know, young freshman like that. You look for, is he, is he playing fast? Is he playing physical? Is he executing the calls? And, again, from my vantage point, um, you notice him out there. I mean, he's just he's very physical. He can really run. Uh, he's a really smart kid, so it was great to get him back. Um, you know, I thought the linebackers as a whole played well, Danny included. Um, you said somebody else. I'm sorry. Uh, Delaren came back. A couple other guys came back from injury. Yeah, we only Delaren for one snap, so um, you know didn't didn't get much there. Um, yeah, and a couple other guys. It was good to have. You know, we're still down. We're still not not near 100, percent but we're. Uh, We'll keep gaining on it as we go. So, you know, the guys that were there fought fought like crazy. Every person on that on that roster, everybody hit the field, fought their tail off. All right, so with Coach Riley, let's stick on the offensive side of the football. Kennedy Brooks, 25 carries, 217 yards, finished with two touchdowns, including the game winner. Hey, Kennedy, congratulations. Uh, can you describe that last play? Was it uh, – just what did you see and just the touchdown run and when you cleared the goal line, how did it feel? Uh, I mean, the O-line did a great job. Um, <clears throat> it was a great call by Lincoln Riley. Alex, um, uh, if you could drill down, what was, what was your biggest in-game adjustment? They're involved by Isaiah? Is that what you're saying? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I someone next to me asking. Oh, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, the O-line did a great job, man. They they blocked it up. Uh, I saw it open into the outside on the receivers. Did a hell of a job blocking downfield. So, man, I just ran straight into the score. Man, it was an amazing feeling to uh, be able to win the game, man. It was – when I did it for the team, man, it was, it was a great feeling. Kennedy, thank you. Appreciate it. Go to uh, Jason Kersey, The Athletic. Hey, Kennedy, congratulations. Um, can, you, can you talk about the spark that the offense got when Caleb came in? It really seemed like his skill set kind of sparked you guys. Can you – you mute yourself. Oh. oh, sorry. Did you did you hear me? I'm yeah. Sorry. Um. I mean, Caleb came in and did a great job. I mean, uh, I'm not taking away from uh, Spence because Spence did a, a good job too. Um, it was Lynch's decision. So, um, I mean, we just all we did was just execute. I mean, that's all we did. On top of that, uh, <clears throat> he did a heck of a job, and uh, we all put all came together and just came off with a win. It wasn't just one man thing. Sure. I, of course, it wasn't. But what what does he do well? What what does Caleb do well? That, that... 
Uh, you mute yourself again. Um, and also, um, Caleb just, man, he just came in and did his job. I mean, he just, he made it simple. I mean, that's what I told him. I said, hey, just keep it simple. Uh, he ran the ball hella well. He saw that long run. He threw the ball well, that long, uh, long pass to Marvin. Um, all, all things sprints can do too, but, uh, he just, he just came in and executed. That's all. <clears throat> Thanks a lot, Kennedy. No problem. <clears throat> Go to uh, Bob Prisbilla next, and then Ryan Chapman after that. Bob? Kennedy, could you feel the crowd and the momentum? Just kind of describe that throughout the second half. And could you feel you and the offensive line just starting to wear down the Texas defense throughout the course of the second half? Oh, uh, man, it was a, it was an amazing feeling, man. They, they did an amazing job, great energy throughout the whole entire game. Uh, halftime, man, nobody felt like we was down. We came in with great energy, uh, came out with great energy, and just, we just kept fighting, and good things just kept happening. <clears throat> to uh, Ryan Chapman. Ryan? Hey, uh, you kind of talked about the, the what Caleb did well, but for you personally, the, the threat that he brought into the run game, into that second half, do you feel like that opened things up for you to, to go out and have a big half as well? Just kind of what what the linebackers have to do to respect the, his ability in the open field. Uh, yeah, I mean we, uh, just just what we needed to do, man. He we we had plays for him to run the ball, and uh, it took pressure off me. It just made my job a lot easier. So, uh, man, he did a heck heck of a job coming in, uh, and just just made just made it easier for me, honestly. Go to uh, Jeannie Carlson, the Oklahoma. <clears throat> Kennedy, you ran for over 200 yards today, and in a game like this, and a rivalry like this, um, those kind of numbers will be talked about for a long time. I know you just finished up, but have you thought any about just the significance of what you did today? Uh, no, nah, man. Uh, I give all my credit to uh, to God, to, man, to the O-line, to the receivers, because they did everything for me. Uh, they just made my job easier, so I couldn't do anything without them, without the coaches uh, trusting me, and I mean, it's, it, I give all credit to them. Austin Kerwright and then uh, Jason Kersey after that. <clears throat> Good Austin Kerwright and then Jason Kersey. We'll go to Jason and then go to Jason and then go back to Austin if he can, uh, he can get back on. Jason? Yeah, hey, Kennedy, um, on the last play, obviously, it was a direct snap, but you had two or three of those during the game. Is that sort of a new wrinkle you guys have been working on, and what makes that so effective, uh, the direct snap to you? Uh, I mean, it's just, it just a great call by Lincoln Riley, man. It's a great play set up. Um, I mean, it's just you, you would think I'll, I'll be pitching it to them. I mean, I could, definitely could. Uh, it's just depending on what I see, and if it's open, I, I'll take it, and uh, you saw, saw the results. Appreciate it. Take uh, one last question from Austin Kirk. Austin? Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Cool. Cool. Hey, uh, Kennedy, obviously Marvin had those three big catches all on third down in the fourth quarter. Could you could you talk about how important those were and, you know, what that sort of provided? Man, it was a, a game changer, man. He's a game changer, man. He, he balled out today. Um, without those big players, we probably wouldn't got got close to winning. So, man, without without him, without everybody doing their job, man, it's just, man, it's just we came out just pulling out pulling out that win. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Jeremiah Hall had a couple of three catches for 69 yards, ran the ball a couple of times, and officially planted the flag at the 50 afterwards. All right, everybody, we are joined by Jeremiah Hall. Uh, we'll go ahead and get into questions. Jeremiah, can you hear us? Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, I was looking at the stats. <laughs> no, you're great. Hey, we'll go ahead and start with the questions. We'll go to uh, Bob Prisbill. Bob? Jeremiah, you were one of the few players that got to go with the flag, run, run around the sideline. Just what, what was that feeling like if this is indeed your final OU Texas game? Yeah, you know, I've been here since 2017. That was my red shirt year. And I saw guys like Baker plant the flag. I saw guys like Obo Ankaronkwo plant the flag. And these are really like my heroes. You know, these are all guys that have gone on to lead this team and to go on to the NFL. And so I was just basically like, it's my turn. And so um, I went over, picked it up. Me and Brian Osamo were fighting for it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna run with it. And then when I got tired, I handed it to him. But I was like, you gotta let me plant it though. like. This is probably going to be my last year. Got to let me plan it. So I'm glad I got the chance to. Go to uh, Eric Bailey and Jenny Carlson after that. Hi, congratulations. Kind of following up on Bob's question, what was it like to see so many Oakland fans rush the field after the game? That's something totally new that some of us have been on this game for a long time. Yeah, Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of that or not. You know, it's – I mean, it's cool, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand from a fan's point of view, they get to go around, take pictures. I know I did it in high school, so I understand. But, you know, from my perspective, we're trying to take a picture and all the, you know, all the all the students are trying to get in a picture. If people won't back up, we can't take a picture. It's hot, you know, so you know, there's pros and cons. Um, but overall, it was just a lot of positive energy out there, so I can't complain. One last question. Uh, the Beat Texas hat. You kind of talk about wearing that. That's that's a new look. Yeah, you know what? I couldn't wear it in my interviews because, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> throughout the week. But, uh, yeah, man, I've had it on all week. You guys have probably seen it on my Instagram or maybe Twitter at some point. But, yeah, I've, I've had it on all week. Brought it down here. Been with me all day. And uh, glad I got to rock this thing. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremiah. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too.
Go to uh, Jenny Carlson next, and then Jason Kersey after that. Jenny. Hey, Jeremiah. I, I don't know if you can even put into words what this game was like. I mean, you've played in some unbelievable OU Texas games, but just put us in your, you know, in your shoes for a second. Just the, I mean, all of college football was watching what you guys were doing. What, what did that moment feel like for y'all? You know, from my perspective, I've been in the 25-game comeback versus Baylor. Um, the past few Texas games, have, we've all won by, what, less than a touchdown or 10 points or less. And so when you look at the clock and it's 14-0 to in 13 minutes and nine seconds left in the first quarter, you're just like, wow, you know. First, you got to keep yourself cool, calm, and collected. And uh, then you got to tell yourself and the rest of your team, we just got to get to work. You know, there was never a moment in time where I thought that we were going to lose, but I were I was frustrated that we were making it harder on ourselves than what we needed to be. But as a captain, as a leader, I knew that we could come back, and I knew that it was only a matter of time until we got things rolling in. Um, obviously, we did there at the end. Go to uh, Jason Kersey with the athletic. Hey man, it's a, it's a cool hat, but I mean, you're covering up your bald head. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but <laughs> Fresh save. <laughs> uh, no. Hey, man, um, uh, obviously the, the spark, I, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the spark that you guys got from Caleb coming in and, and talk a little bit about his performance and how well he played. Yeah, you know, he just came in and, and did his job. You know, every dog has their days. You know, there's, there's nothing against Spencer at all. You know, it was a coaching decision. As I've said before, we're going to roll with whatever quarterback is in there. And so when you're looking at everything from Caleb's perspective, you're right. You're like, okay, this is the cotton ball. This is a big game. Um, all this type of stuff from the outside world, the eyes are on you, right? But you just do what you know. You just do what you repped in practice, and then everything else will be okay. And that's what I told him after that first incompletion he threw to me. I said, just relax. Um, do what you know. Do what we've practiced, and we'll be fine. And from then on out, you know, next play, he bombs it to Marvin, and uh, we end up going all the way down the field. So um, he came in and did his job, and I'm proud of him. Thanks a lot, man. Go to uh, Ryan Chapman. Ryan? Hey, Jeremiah had that uh, big 48-yard reception down the sideline there, but the offense as a whole, it feels like you guys had more explosive plays today than maybe you guys have had, like, all season long. What, what did you find as far as being able to have things open up down the field today? Yeah, you know, it's just it's just part. It, well, number one, it's part of the game plan uh, that we do need to get more explosive plays down the field. And two, the running game also helped. You know, obviously, when you got guys worried about Kennedy Brooks rushing for uh, so many yards every single play, uh, you got to account for that. And then we're leaving guys one on one down the field. And um, at the end of the day, we're just you know letting guys go and make plays, uh, as I just talked about with uh, Marvin and the rest of the guys. So. I'm glad we were able to um, execute. And it was the kind of performance that people will talk about for years and years and years. Marvin Mims, five catches, 136 yards, two scores, including what might go down as one of the all-time greatest catches in the Red River rivalry on a bomb from Caleb Williams. Mims tied the game when somehow – some way he kept that toe in, and what a shot from the pylon cam. Here's Mar Marvin Mims post game. Hey, Marvin, congrats on the win. Um, can, can you kind of talk to us a little bit about the spark that Caleb gave the offense when, when he came in? 
Um, I just, I mean, he came in and he executed. You know, he did what he was coached to do, and that was a big help for us. You know, the fans were into it. Everybody was into it, and we just got rolling at that point. So that was huge for us and huge for the game. Chris Billow. Uh, Marvin, let's start with that 52-yard uh, touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Just take us through that play. Were you sure you had your foot in? Um, to be honest, man, I, I just ran the route. You know, I'm running. I see Caleb stepping up in the pocket. We kind of make eye contact, and he lets that thing go. But um, I had no idea where I was on the field. You know, I didn't know I was in the corner. I didn't know that. I, but I, the only time I saw the, I saw the pylon as I was falling down to my left. So, um, yeah, crazy play. I didn't know if I was in or not. I waited for the um, waited for the um, referee to give the signal, and um, B. Will came down. I mean, he told me he he saw the whole thing with his own eyes. He said I was in. He picked me up, and yeah, special play. Go to Eric Bailey next. Uh, Marvin, I wanted to ask you, just what was uh, Spencer's attitude like on the sideline? That's a tough call to get taken out of the game. Uh, what did he do? Was he, did he stay engaged? Just can you tell us a little bit about Spencer during that time? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he stayed engaged. He took it like a team leader. You know, he's one of our captains, and we didn't make him captain just because he was starting quarterback. I mean, you know what I mean? He's a guy, he's a team leader, he's a team captain, so that was huge for us. I want to follow up real quick with another question. Just what was the message at halftime when you were still down 18? What was Lincoln's message to the team? Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't really remember the message. I just know at that point, no one was really down. You know, we knew we had a lot of time. I mean, that first quarter went by so slow, you know, that first half. We had a lot of time left on the clock. And um, we went out there, we played, we executed. I mean, that's what we did. We shifted the whole game around. It was special. Thanks, Martin. To Ryan Chapman. Hey, Marvin, I wanted to follow up on that just a little bit. I know you say you don't remember the message, but do you remember what just was it quiet and focused in at halftime? Was it loud, rowdy? I know Texas had gone in with that, you know, field goal right before. Just, what was the atmosphere like? You don't remember the message exactly. Um, I mean, it was kind of quiet. It's a little mix of both. You know, what I mean, first guy in there it was kind of quiet. Coaches came in, we made the adjustments. It got kind of loud. Guys started picking up energy and stuff like that. And we built on it. I mean, no one was really down. No one was hanging their head. No one was pissed off. I mean, at the end of the day, we knew we had another half of football to play, and we made the most out of that opportunity, obviously. And then in the second half, um, obviously the momentum swings in this game are unlike any other, but can you pinpoint a moment um, where, where the sideline really flipped it and it felt like it was going to turn around because the fans were really up for it, it felt like, for the entire second half? Yeah, I mean, man, I mean – you know, second half, I mean, in my mind, it's just crazy. It just happened, you know what I mean? It's everywhere. Huge experience for me, but, I mean, the crowd was into it. You know, the offense was rolling. Defense was getting stops. I mean, we were doing whatever we wanted to out there, and that was a huge thing to this game. Helped us turn it around, but a uh, huge thank you to the fans. You know, they kept it loud, even though it's half of them in that stadium. I mean, Texas was quiet most of the time until they scored that last touchdown. But at the end of the day, dude, we were already up on them at that point. So Facts. Go to Jenny uh, Carlson and Justin Martinez after that. Jenny? Hey, Marvin. You've uh, played in two OU Texas games now that have both been pretty remarkable on the grand scheme of OU Texas. Can you can you just put into words what it means to be a part of, I mean, not just this rivalry, but now these two games, your, your first two experiences with this whole thing? I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, last year we went in the four-overtime game. I had the first touchdown in that game. Um, I had a huge punt return in that game. And um, you know, as a true freshman, so it was all kind of new. But um, coming in this year, I mean, to make a remarkable comeback that we did, you know, I mean, you're 
you know, you're down like both of those situations. You got to come back and you got to fight. You know, four overtimes, that's not easy. No one will tell you it's easy. And to come back from that deficit we had, the way the game started off, you know, 14 nothing right at the gates, I mean, it's hard to do that. But, um, you know, I thank God that was part of these games. You know, it shows a lot about our team, shows a lot about us. Go to Justin Martinez. One last question for Marvin. Hey, Marvin, appreciate your time. You guys didn't have anyone rush for over 100 yards in season entering the game, and Kennedy did it pretty convincingly today, 217 yards on the ground. So what did you see out of him? Man, um, I didn't see much. I was out there blocking, but um, I love watching KB run. I mean, even whenever I was a recruit coming to this school, watching film, I love watching KB run. Dude never goes down, you know. First two tackles, I mean, I put my money on it. He's going to break them. You know, he's just a special player, a special guy. But, um, yeah, I love him to death. That's my brother. All right, let's shift to the defensive side of the football. I asked Coach Grinch at our one-on-one if he felt like he had dialed up pressure a little bit more than he typically does, and he said, I got to look back. But honestly, there was a part of me that kind of blacked out a little bit. But Alex Grinch in his postgame talking about a defense that just kept fighting. Yeah, Alex, the game started probably as as poorly as it could have for you all. Uh, How was your defense able to uh, regroup from that, whether it was the players – uh, you uh, and your uh, your assistants or, or or anything like that. What was the, what was the key to getting things heading in the right direction again on defense? Defense. Yeah, I, I, and, and you mentioned it. I I, I don't know that it, it uh, in in all areas. Uh, you know, in terms of momentum, um, you, you you know you're not going to survive a lot of those games. Um, and some of it's obviously created by us. There's, there's no doubt about it. But um, I, I think in th- in those moments, you got to give all the credit to the players. Um, I mean, every last bit of it, um, because, you know, they're the ones that, uh, um, you know, ultimately got to find that resolve and you can call different plays and you can hug them on the sideline. You, you can say a lot of things as a coach. And believe me, we said a lot of things. And, and, and certainly, you know, the, the whole unit, you know, coaches and players alike, um, kind of despite maybe, uh, uh, you know, certainly the, the outcomes we had early. I think there was a trust element of things that, that uh, you know, I think we, we, we believe we're better than the product that we're playing. I think the kids did. Um, again, just, just dumbing it down to the first quarter and specifically the first half. Um, and, and so just uh, um, an attentive group at, at halftime. Um, and, and, you know, the, the quick message is life's not a Disney movie. It's very, very hard. And here we go. And it's not going to take one play or one stop. Um, to get this thing done, and it just you're, you're talking to an audience that was listening. Again, none of the words matter, but just just the um, you know the the fact that you know it's not throwing chairs in, in the locker room or, or pointing fingers. I just give the guys a lot of credit because there's so many plays that had to to take place in our favor in the second half to to find a way and and, and give the you know our offense who did obviously a tremendous job in the end. Um, to give them an opportunity to, to go win it. And so uh, very, very proud of uh, our players. They, they deserve all the credit. Hey, Alex, uh, you, you were able to hold Texas to just 27 yards rushing in the second half. Um, I, I know, you know, Perrion kind of started it out with a TFL on, on Bijan, and, and you guys played uh, – Isaiah, I think probably in the middle more than you've played him all year. Uh, could you just talk about kind of those guys and Nick and, and, and Reggie? And, and I know you're substituting a lot in there, but just what that meant to, uh, you know, this this game in the second half, just kind of 
getting Bijan Robson in the background before we can get started? Sure. No, I mean, they, they, without question, were the you know MVPs defensively as you go through it, and and to, to name one guy in particular, but I, you know certainly Perion uh, stepped up as you mentioned and seeing, seeing IT and as much as anything maybe you know in-game adjustment that probably was the biggest one uh, that maybe we made personnel-wise. Um, but I think uh, you, know, you know someone mentioned we had three or four freshmen on the field at certain times over the course of uh, true freshmen over the course of the game. Um, and, and, and in that uh, environment, they'll be better because of it. Um, but uh, no, that, that, uh, that front, you know, as much as anything, they, they, um, we allowed them to have an impact you know, and, and, and not putting ourselves in, in, in bad spots um, to, to uh, um, where we could feel their impact, which is, again, it's, it's a guy falling down or, or that one, one, one you know, you know, busted uh, tackle turned into an explosive play. And so, um, no, I, I, I think uh, without question the impact that they had, um, again, uh, really changed uh, what, what otherwise was a, a disappointing day. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Can you hear me? Alex, uh, drill, if, if you could drill down, what was what was your biggest in-game adjustment? Did it involve Isaiah? Oh, just, yeah, just playing Isaiah a little bit more inside. Um, you know, and, and he's, he's obviously had success there in the past. And still rotated, so, I mean, there's, there's several guys. It wasn't as, as much, you know, the lack uh, with, with, you know, other individuals not getting it done. It was just, you know, trying to, to, to put the, the playmakers we got in the best position for him to, to have an impact and, and, and make a play. And so, um, no, that, that was probably the, um, again, the, the, the biggest adjustment. Okay, quick follow-up. Swings of this game, I know you've been through a few of these now, but, I mean, can you put in perspective how, how wild it was today? I mean, it, it just seemed to be off, off the chart even for early Texas standards. No, and I, you, you look at that, that uh, first part of the game, and then, uh, you know, we're dying for a swing of momentum, just something to kind of, you know, right the ship. Um, and, and, you know, it, it wasn't coming. And, again, it's self-inflicted on our parts. Obviously, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you're, you're trying to, you know, find ways to, to put guys in a position to be successful. And, and, and certainly there was times today that we didn't. Um, and that's something you evaluate, uh, obviously, once, once you watch the video. But, uh, um, no, I mean, one, one of the things uh, I may have mentioned already, but, you know, we're talking about it's not going to take one play. One play is not going to get this thing done. It's going to be a, a culmination thereof. It's going to be, you know, finding the way. It's going to be, you know, when, when they do make a play, can, can we turn the tide? Can we uh, flip the momentum within a drive? And we just were not able to do that early on. And a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, I think there was three sudden changes. You know, we, we create the issue on the first play. Um, and probably my, my, my biggest regret was, was, was playing uh, uh, DeLaren t today, you know, with his hamstring. He wanted to go, thought, thought maybe he could go, um, you know, had the clearance to do so, but probably put him in a bad spot, which um, not his fault on the first play, but, uh, you know, that was the only play he was able to. So I, I regret that. So we created that issue. There was three sudden change opportunities that you got to find a way to get a stop. Uh, we did not do that. You know, and so you just add that up, um, it, it, it becomes uh, uh, a lot of momentum uh, on that other side. And so um, it, uh, um, you talk about swings, and that second half, it's just you just keep chipping away, you know, as, as much as anything. It's one drive, okay, home to three. You know, maybe that three is going to get us beat in the end. That's, that's you know, the, the fan reaction in you. But in that moment, that's where they're at. Let's find a way. And it's better than seven. And let's go find another way to get a stop. And obviously, you know, the crowd was tremendous, you know, to, to not uh, give up on us. Um, uh, it really helped us in the second half. Thanks, Al. You know, Alex, you know, 
stopping their running game in the second half. And I know Casey did hit a couple of passes on you in the second half, but stopping the running game allowed you guys or helped you guys really get back into the game. Was it just players making better plays or any adjustments or just guys doing the job better? Yeah, I think as much as anything, just we, we, we you know, made enough plays to kind of allow ourselves to get in the Rolodex of calls and, and you know, mix some things up and, and put the guys in some, some situations that maybe they could be successful. In the end, you know, the chief thing was they, they, they our guys made plays um, to, to, to allow that to, to take place. Um, you know, in that first half, it just, we couldn't get a series of plays, you know, I, I, I'd be, be hard pressed to find two good plays in a row to allow ourselves to, to have any, um, you know, semblance of, of, uh, momentum within a drive, um, to, again, you know, uh, you know, fl flip some calls and, and, you know, maybe, maybe it's a pressure, maybe, maybe it's a drop eight situation, maybe, maybe it's a stunt, maybe it's going straight, you know, you just, you don't get, in, get, get a chance to get in that Rolodex because it's a scoring play before you know it. And so, um, no, I, I believe me, in all this stuff, take absolutely no credit. Uh, I take all the blame in the first half and I take no credit for the second half. Those guys, uh, that's a resilient group, man. Um, Tell you on that stage, um, pretty awesome. Thanks, man. Congrats. Thanks. Not over. Alex, can you describe the lift that you guys got from getting Danny Stutzman back? He's such an emotional player because it's such a high tempo. It looked like he kind of brought things up around him as he came to the game. No, he, he absolutely does. I mean, there, there's some guys that, um, you know, as much as anything, whether it's motor, um, yeah, it just when he's on the field, and, and we we felt it going back to fall camp in our first time getting it. Just very quickly, you just feel him when he's out there, um, and and he's only going to get better as we go through this thing. And I, and I thought overall, uh, probably one of the better days for for our linebacking crew. You know, again, we we all had uh, some bad plays today, but uh, um, and and you know, adding him into the mix certainly helps us um, as as we uh, as we move forward. A young player that. Uh, um, I don't want to put any, you know, uh, uh, you know higher expectations that otherwise uh, would, would, would be lumped on him. But, you know, you talk about a true freshman that's been out, I don't even know how many weeks. Um, and then you step back on the you know, you practice this week for the first time, and you go play against the University of Texas in that environment, and, and he showed well. So we're excited about him. Another freshman comes in and sparks the offense and Caleb Williams. Do you guys feel that defensively when, a, when the offense starts picking up and the guys are making plays on that side of the football? Yeah, I, I think you know in those moments you're just sitting there uh, from a defensive standpoint. Give 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 those guys on offense a chance. Give them an opportunity. Um, don't don't uh, um, you know the the the, the least predictive. Um, I, I guess uh, um, assuming you don't continue to make the same mistakes, but just because a, a game starts a certain way doesn't mean it's going to finish that way. I mean we've been on the other side of this at times. So, you know, what, what, you know, the whole time you're sitting there, you're saying we, we're, we, if we can keep momentum, um, that, that, that offense, uh, and, and that quarterback got a chance to, uh, you know, you know, inch back into this game somehow, some way. And so you, you just, um, let's go find another way to get, get it, get a stop, you know, and then dying for a takeaway. I was disappointed we didn't get anything uh, defensively that could have flipped the tide as much as anything. We talk about takeaways equal victory. Um, it kind of, kind of didn't prove that way. Uh, although we needed that last one, uh, on kickoff, but, uh, no, you, you want to give those guys a chance. Um, and, and, uh, I thought, uh, our, our guys did in the second half. Thanks Alex. Thank you. The old man made the play on a kick return. Caleb Kelly stripped the ball. 
that led to the Kennedy Brooks go-ahead touchdown and made a couple nice plays defensively as he was used in a new package. Here's, here's Caleb Kelly afterwards. At one point, you realized, or did you, you knew it was a fumble, right? You saw everyone around you trying to put the ball down and give it to Texas. Just your thoughts on how that progressed and looking back, is that a bigger play that you made than making West Virginia strip and sack touchdown? Um, I don't know. Uh, progression through the play. Um, we we're going to kick it to the left. I'm on the left. And so then um, our goal is to run 20 miles per hour on kickoff. And so I got a good get off because I knew we were going to kick it to my side. Sometimes I'm a fold guy. And then um, I, I was sprinting down and the wedge was coming to me just like I saw in practice. And then I was trying to read where the uh, kick returner was going to go. And then I, I read it right, played the gap, not the man, like they say. And then I actually ripped the ball, kind of like, like you would, like, kind of begging, like, junior high. Like, it was weird. It just, I grabbed it and then just turned with it and then just took it. And then everybody else was looking for it, but it didn't hit the ground or anything. Like, I just grabbed it and just stripped it into my chest and just held it. And so then I'm sitting there hiding, just kind of, like, holding it. And I see everybody looking for the ball. And then I like run out and I'm holding my hand up, holding the ball out, and it just goes crazy. So it was cool. Did you know where? Have you, are you familiar with where? I know you're from Fresno. You're both from Fresno. You, have you, do you know him personally? No, I don't know him personally. He's like, shoot, what, six years younger than me. So I think five years. But he played on the same seven on seven team um, I did. And so uh, we kind of got that same legacy with DB Guru and uh, everything that Tony Perry built back home. And so I got a picture with him after. And. Uh, Viney played on Guru back in the day, Coach Chip Viney. And so, I mean, we all have that same legacy, and it was it was really cool. And he balled, so, I mean, Fresno got to put on. It was fun to get to strip him, though, because <laughs> I'm the old cat from Fresno, so it was cool. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Hey, have a good weekend. Thank you. Go to uh, Bob Prisbillo and then Jason Kersey after that. Bob? Uh, Caleb, it's your final OU Texas game that you – Take a moment to soak it all in after the clock hit zero. Yeah, I mean, it was weird, though, because everybody got to storm the field. I was like, whoa, this is this is a miracle. I've never had that happen at OU. So it was funny. There was just a bunch of people in your face. And so it was cool, though, because my mom got to come on the field. That's her first time being on the field all six seasons. So um, that was that was really cool to get a get a picture and do that. But, yeah, I was trying to – I tried to beat Jay Hall to the flag, but he knew where the flag was. I was over there first. I'm looking around. He ran right to the flag and knew it. And so I was like, dang, all right, you got it. So – uh, yeah, I, try, I was trying to get the little flag, uh, the little whatever it's called. But, yeah. Go to Jason Kersey and then Jenny Carlson after that. Jason? Hey, Caleb, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the offense. Can, can you talk a little bit about what, uh, you know, as a team leader, the spark that Caleb Williams gave the, the offense and, and a little bit about his performance from your perspective? Well, yeah, coming in and having that long touchdown run first, that was really cool. Um, I mean, Caleb's, a, he, he's, it's funny, when he came in, he's like my freshman I was like assigned to, like under the table, you know, like you, you kind of, being an older guy, you can get assigned to a player. And he was the one that I had, I don't know if it was just the name or because he was highly talented or whatever it was, but um, he came in and that was my guy. And so I got to, I tried to get to know him as best as I could. 
um, throughout this the off season. But I mean, you can see he he's a freak athlete. He ran. I think he hit 22 in the off season, doing flying 40s or whatever, flying 50s, flying 10s or whatever they call them. And he's just a, a good athlete. And he came here for a reason. It was the spark we needed for sure. Came in and did what he needed to do. And I mean, brought us back as a freshman in the, this game to do that. I mean, I'm so proud of him. And yeah, I love the kid for real. So. Thanks a lot, Brandon. Go to uh, Jenny Carlson and then Ryan Chapman after that. Caleb, you mentioned this is uh, this is you know six years for you and how many OU Texas games you've been involved with. You've been involved in some classics though. Yeah, Are seven of them. In... <laughs> I can't even get the count right. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, can you put into perspective this rivalry? And I mean, the last one might have been the best one you were involved with. Yeah, uh, so yeah, six and one because we got to play him that one year in the Big 12 That's as well. Right. So yeah, six and one, and I got this was my fourth one actually playing in. So um, I mean, real important to me to go out with a bang. But I mean, this rivalry is it's crazy. The fan there, I saw a fan get kicked out today, just not minding my own business, you know, just behind coaches. I see a dude getting walked up by security. I mean, these people really like bleed their colors and really fight for them and so I mean I, it, it's it's so special I knew it was special my freshman year and um, to really contribute to the game and contribute to the win is even more special this year and I did in the past but not as much as I feel like that play was today and so yeah I, it, it's awesome and I, I love the OU fans and how they were drowning out Texas all day long so got time for a couple more guys let's go to Ryan Chapman and then Myron Patton after that Ryan Hey, Caleb, you guys did a lot better job um, containing Bajon Robinson in the second half. Just from your perspective, uh, what do you think went into that uh, first half over the second half? Uh, tackling's always been uh, just a mentality. It's just you got to know, like, okay, yeah, this dude's elusive. This dude uh, can run you over. He can do both. And so I think once you have that in your mind, it's like, okay, now I just got to go tackle him. Like, it's just it, you got to set your mind to it as a defense. As an individual, you have that one-on-one. -on -one, you can't be tiptoeing. You have to go make your play. And so I think more, more than anything, it's just a mentality, and everybody understood, like, Everybody, it was going to take everybody to get everything done and to get this dub. And so I think it was just a mentality check, and everybody was ready to go, and they did well. Okay, one last question for Caleb, guys, from Myron Patton. Myron? You got to follow up on that. Which was the bigger ish, uh, bigger deal that helped you guys in the second half? Is it taking away the running game or the pressure you guys were able to put on uh, Casey Thompson, uh, sacking or forcing him out of the pocket some bad throws? Um, honestly, that's hard to like put one because they're both so important, like picking one and I haven't seen the film, but, um, I don't know. I, like I said, it's just, it was just a different mentality. The second half, it was like, you guys have to go get the quarterback. You have to go tackle him. Like if you want to win this game, that's what needs to happen. And so it's hard to see, to pick a more important one. They're both equally as important. You have to rush the passer. You have to cover. You have to uh, tackle the running back. And I mean, that, that's just defensive football <laughs> to a T. And so pick one over another, I don't think that's possible. And I haven't seen Phil, but yeah, we, we did well in the second half for sure. No more quick one. Uh, the turnover, they hadn't made a mistake until you got the fumble recovery. How big was that? I mean, were you, were you, we obviously want to take get takeaways, but how important was that to turn the tide? Because they had, you guys had made all the mistakes up to that point. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you usually you win the turnover battle, you win the game. Today it was different, but we, or I guess I made a good play at the right time, and um, we kept ourselves in the game up to that point, even though we hadn't made so many mistakes. Nick Benito was doing his best to create havoc all day long, and the Sooner edge rusher linebacker finished with eight ta- or five tackles, he had a sack and a half and a tackle for loss. Also, three quarterback hurries for Benito. Hey, Nick, congratulations. Um, Thank you. You've been through a lot of these games. What did it mean to see the OU fans rush the field after the game? And then also, just on a side note, did you see the Fox on the field in the first quarter? Yeah, I saw the Fox. That was hella weird. I don't even know where it came from. But I don't know, like, just – well, I feel like we've been in these situations so many times where, you know, it's always come down to like, you know, the final, uh, the final minutes of a game and, you know, either the offense or defense has to finish the drive. And, you know, thank God we've been through that adversity because it definitely helped us out today. And, you know, even last year's game played into it a little bit, um, you know, just you know, seeing how much, you know, the other team was down and, you know, how they didn't fight. So, you know, we can do the same thing. And then, you know, once it came in that fourth quarter, it just became about who's going to finish. And, you know, I'm proud of my guys the way we finished. Uh, indicated the fans that came on the field. Just your thought, that's something we haven't really had seen in this game. How, how, could you just feel the excitement of the group after the game? No, nah, that was crazy. I mean, I, it looked <laughs> like a home game the way just everybody just rushed the field. And, you know, I just seen everybody like, trying to take pictures out of nowhere. Like, it was just crazy. Thanks, Nick. Congratulations. No problem. Thank you. Go to Jason Kersey with The Athletic. Hey, hey, Nick, um, as sort of a, a team leader, a veteran guy here, can, can you take us through what it was like early in the game when they score the touchdown, there's the block punt, they're up 14 to nothing before you know it. Um, how did the team react to that? How did you guys kind of hold it together uh, during that early on? Um, Coach Grinch always just talked about, you know, adversity. And, you know, obviously we saw that in the first you know, minutes of the game. Uh, I don't even think it was a minute that went by and it was already 14-0 just like that. So. Uh, you know, that was just, you know, proud of the way we reacted. Um, you know, we responded in the first half. And then, you know, we kind of let the foot off the gas again, just having mental errors that, that cost us, you know, to separate a little bit from them again. But in the second half, I feel like, you know, we, all, we just kind of all put it all together and, you know, it really came together for both sides and we, we played well, so. Thanks, Nick. Go to uh, Bob Prisbillo and then Ryan Chapman. Bob? And Nick, how fresh did you guys feel in, in the second half? And is that the trust in the rotation process that you talked about before? Uh, it was good. I mean, you, you can see it. Um, I mean, there was plays where, you know, Marcus Stripling was in the background. I mean, the backfield, um, you know, Caleb Kelly made a huge play on kickoff today. I mean, you just, that's, you know, guys, what, what he can do. You know, he's been here long enough. He's made plays and, you know, that's just another one to his story. So, you know, I can't be more proud for him. And, you know, just, you know, guys, you know, everybody there that can defense, that can just rotate and, and fill in and make plays. You know, I'm just happy, you know, that everybody did their job and we were able to get the win. Go to uh, Ryan Chapman for one final question for Nick. Hey, Nick, it, it sounds like you guys never really lost confidence that you could come back and win the game. But was there a, a play or a moment in the second half that you really felt that momentum flip and you guys really felt like, hey, this is real, this comeback can really happen? Uh, honestly, we felt like it, you know, the whole time, really, because it was mistakes that we were making. It wasn't really anything they were doing. Um, we knew that we can correct them. And, you know, as we once we did, you know, we, we settled into the game and, and we made a great comeback and you know, everybody started playing well. So um, it was really just mental errors that I feel like, you know, brought us down in, in, in the first half. And you know, we just corrected them. So I'm you know, happy we got the win. And then finally, Isaiah Thomas finished with two tackles for losses and was a leader 
on the sidelines. Yeah, as a, as a team leader and, and as a guy who, you know, is a team leader, how did you guys react to the, the beginning of the game? When they come out, score quickly, the block punt, they're up 14 nothing before you know it. Um, how did the team react to that, and what was your role in that? I mean, initially, you know, we were, you know, obviously disappointed, kind of bummed, but, you know, we couldn't get too down. Coach Grinch always preaches about controlled emotions. So you got to control your emotions in the game, and it's a four-quarter game, and every time something happened that didn't go our way, he would always say there's a lot of time left on that clock, and we would always look up and like, man, he's right. And I would talk to the guys, and like, man, we've been in worse situations. <clears throat> I'm over there with Perrion, Leron, the rest of the D-line, like, we've been in worse situations. I mean, first thing we think of, 28-3 to against Bailey down there in Waco. So we, we, weren't, we weren't down, we weren't stressed or anything like that. We just had to play our version of uh, football, and we did that at the end. Thanks, Isaiah. Go to Eric Bailey and then Bob Perry. Isaiah, congratulations. Uh, let me just ask you about just the momentum the defense had in the second half when you really allowed the offense to work their way back. That's big sacks, big stops overall. Yeah, you know, uh, the defense, you know, we came alive in that second half. You know, it, it sucks we haven't been able to start the game how we wanted to. But, but man, it feels good to always finish the way we want to. And I know that's one thing we always harp on, you know, start fast. But finish strong, you know, finishing. You can only win the game in the fourth. And with the offense coming alive as well, you know, coach always says you can't beat us scoring in threes or not scoring at all. And obviously they scored many touchdowns like that early in the game. But then the second half that came to a halt. <clears throat> so when we, you know, got the offense got the offensive ball, they got in their groove, you know, we just trusted them and they trusted us. And we got the outcome we wanted at the end of the day, as we all said. Congratulations. Go to Bob Isaiah, what was the mood at, at halftime? And, you know, it's 41-23. Was there ever a point where you start looking at the clock and just wondering, do we have enough time to do anything? Oh, uh, no, not one time that we say, do we have enough time or like, I don't think we have enough time The moving in the, uh, moving the locker room. Obviously, we weren't, you know, going crazy or anything like that. We were just, you know, talking to amongst ourselves. And, you know, we had a couple of leaders step up and talked. And initially, Coach Riley spoke to the team. And, you know, first thing that they always say is we've been in worse situations. You know, it's not the it's not over. You know, this game is a four quarter game every year. OU Texas four quarter or more game, you know, and you never know what it's going to take. You know, Coach, uh, Coach always emphasizes that it, it takes what it takes. And today it took four quarters and we finished it. Go to uh, Ryan Chapman and Virginia Carlson after that. Ryan? Hey, real quick, I want to follow up on what you just said there. Who were the guys that, that stepped up and, and talked to the team there at halftime? For sure. Uh, I know Brian Osamoa did, Justin Burroughs did, and I was the one uh, speaking amongst my group, but the ones who spoke to the defense out loud was de definitely uh, Brian Osamoa and Justin Burroughs. You know, those two guys, they're really good vocally out there when, when we need something to, someone to speak up, if not if uh, someone isn't. So, you know, those are the two guys who carry a lot of emotion and also let it out when we need it. And then I was also going to ask, um, obviously, Bishon Robinson had like 100 yards, basically, I think 102 in the first half. You held him to 35, I believe, in the second half. What adjustments did you see out there that, that you guys were able to really bottle up and contain it there throughout the uh, second half? I mean, in all honesty, we didn't make a lot of adjust adjustments at all. I mean, the only adjustment that I say we probably made was moving me inside more in the, uh, for the rest of the game. You know, other than that, you know, we just we just told each other like we got to do our do our job. You know, and, and it's not what they're doing that's not giving us success. Uh, success. It's what we're not doing that's giving them success. And when we play to our standard and play to our uh, bottom line, you know, we, we we were balls to the wall. And as you said, like we held them to thirty yards, and it could have been like that in both halves. But you know, you know, we ended how we wanted though. Thanks, Isaiah. Yep. To uh, Jenny Carlson and then Kerry Murdoch. Hey, Isaiah, you said you didn't do anything different, but obviously the pressure that you guys were able to get on Casey and, and, and to contain Bijan in the second half, 
Was that a talking point? Was that something you guys really were focused in on on doing in the second half, especially on the defensive front? Yeah, yeah, for sure. When it came to bottling up the running game, I mean, we were more so saying make the tackle, make the initial tackle, and he shouldn't be able to cross and cut the field, you know, for running to the ball like that. So we emphasized that for sure. And also it, uh, emphasized getting knocked back and keeping the quarterback in the pocket and getting some penetration up front so our ends can fly up the field, you know, and do what they want to do. And even when I got moved out to end, I kind of switched up my rest. I had a spin move. I don't know if y'all seen that. It's actually pretty nice. Y'all go back and look at it. I had a spin move, hit the quarterback. <laughs> but other than that, now we uh we just, you know, emphasized what we had to do to make sure that the offense didn't get what they wanted. We'll get that in the film study. Thanks. Oh, yeah. It's at the end of the game. Go to, uh, go to Kerry Murdoch for another question for Isaiah. Kerry? Okay. Uh, my mic's working, Isaiah. All right, man. Finally. Uh, I wanted to, I mean, I think you played inside more tonight maybe than you had all year. I know you were doing some, you know, twists and stuff. And, and uh, But was that a discussion maybe that, that was at halftime where the coaches came to you and said, we need you to be on the interior a little bit more? Uh, because, I mean, you and Perry on really – uh, we're able to kind of get to Bijan. I thought a lot more in the second half before we could get going. Yeah, so you know, throughout this week of practice, as you uh, as you as you know uh, saw out there, we had a couple of D tackles down, and with them knowing and you guys knowing, I played uh, D tackle at the back half of the season last year. Coach Tibbs came to me. He went to Coach Kane and said, "Can I uh, can I get something from you at D tackle? You know, you got some plays in you." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, for sure." Then you know, at halftime, uh, like you mentioned, uh, it became like mainly basically a final decision. Like yeah, like they want me and P inside. You know, Nick on the edge and Reggie or Ethan out there. Uh, so it, it was a decision that, you know, the coaches made that, that they were comfortable with. And, you know, I feel it's good to have them be able to trust me to be able to play inside and out and do uh, different things and, you know, be able to help out our defense. To celebrate the victory, do you think you should be allowed to pick the cheese that goes on Jalen's honey buns? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely do. I might uh, throw away all his honey buns, actually, and uh, also take Nick's dog. If y'all don't get that, y'all, <laughs> y'all missed out. So there you go. The Sunday sound bites. Oklahoma will now get set for a prime time showdown with TCU next Saturday night at 6.30. We'll be on the air with a 4.30 pregame, and we'll have all kinds of content to get you ready for the Sooners and the Horned Frogs right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy beating Texas. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.